What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Get Over Yourself podcast, a podcast dedicated to self-development, self-improvement, and helping you achieve the goals that you've laid forth in your life. I'm your podcast host, Brandon Davis, and in today's episode, I have a very special friend of mine, Derek Childs. Derek Childs has always been a hard worker and someone who believes in habits. He got his Eagle Scout when he was just 12 years old with six palms and over 74 merit badges. Since he was 14, he's had various leadership experiences, including teaching his own courses. He was class president for three years, which offered many other leadership opportunities. Likewise, he was part of the first men's team out of Utah to be in the U.S. National League of Soccer. He currently manages roughly 50 people in which he helps them become better salesmen and versions of themselves all around. At his current employment, he has broken different records, including biggest turnaround and was a number two overall sales representative in his organization. Derek, welcome to today's episode. Welcome to the Get Over Yourself podcast. Hey, thank you, Brandon. I appreciate it, man. It's going to be good. This is going to be so fun. So guys, as a quick little backstory, I just wanted to mention how I first got introduced to Derek. So here I am. I got invited to this fun little banquet for this company. And I'm sitting there with me and a couple of my buddies. And they go start going through these award ceremonies. And here comes Derek Childs. He gets up and he's, he's talking about all his different accomplishments and how much training it took and all the hard work and whatnot. And as he's talking, he's talking a lot about different self-development strategies he's had in his life, different ways he's been able to improve himself, the people he surrounded himself with. And this entire time, I'm just sitting there thinking like, wow, I got to meet this guy. I got to get this guy on the podcast. And so afterwards, one of the guys I was with actually knew Derek. So he introduced me and whatnot. And We've known each other for a few months now, and kind of the rest is history. So, <laughs> yeah, dude, it's. I remember you coming out to me. That was pretty cool. That was pretty cool of you to be there first off. What would you think when some random kid was like, "Hey," because guys, all I do is talk about my podcast. That's like my favorite <laughs> thing. So, what did you think when somebody was like, "Hey, come do this podcast with me about self development"? You know, in all honesty, I was pretty excited because one of the things that I try to focus on as a leader, in all honesty, is just to get. Um, value out. That's what leaders try to do. Leaders focus on other people. And so for me, I was actually thrilled. That was really excited for me. So I'm excited to be here. Well, guys, I hope you're ready for this episode. Today, we're going to be talking about lots of different strategies on leadership and forming habits and just overall how all of us can become better versions of ourselves. So with that all being said, let's jump into today's episode. So Derek, as I kind of mentioned a minute ago, there's lots of different ways that you've shown leadership experience in your life. What are some of the highlights and the takeaways you've learned throughout your many years of leadership? Yeah. So, you know, I appreciate that question. When it comes to leadership, um, for me, some of the biggest highlights has just been the actual experiences in itself. The feeling that you get when you're out there focusing on becoming a better version of you and helping others become a better version of themselves. I think that's one of the reasons why we were drawn together in this uh you seeing me at that banquet and everything working out so well. Um, I think it's because your whole purpose of this podcast, if, if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, is to better everyone, right? And so that everyone can personally develop and grow. Well, one of the things that I've come to learn with leadership is that um, it starts with personal development, but the best leaders change that personal development into focusing on their organization. And so um, in all honesty, 
to answer your question full, it really just comes down to the feelings um, and the satisfaction, the fulfillment of helping other people. And what do you think draws that satisfaction? Obviously, it feels really good to help somebody out, but why do you do that day in and day out? Why did you choose to be a leader over other people? And how have you seen that play a positive impact in their lives? Yeah, really good question. I think that um, being a leader, for me, why I started to choose to do that is because you know, it's hard to answer that question. One of the things I would say though is a little bit of is like, it's it's me. That's some of the stuff that I like. But the other part that I would have to say is I looked up and today I still look up to, you know, the, the, the people we look up to the most in this world are leaders. We follow, we always want to be following people who have achieved things that we want to achieve and do things um, that, you know, our role models role models are doing. And so for me, I just kind of wanted to emulate that. And it's kind of just naturally rolled into a figure of where I start to jump into leadership positions. So, yeah, I think you're 100% right about that. There's all different sorts of people in our lives that we look up to as leaders, Mm -hmm. whether it be a parent, a friend, a political leader, somebody throughout history, um, a boss, a coworker. There's all different sorts of people we can look to as leaders. So how do you think you have been personally able to benefit other people as you being their leader? Um, I think in different stages with different positions that I've done, it's been different. When it was in soccer, you know, I was able to help people more physically with people now. I mean, in a sales position, I was able to I am able to help people more with emotional resilience, grit. But at the end of the day, whenever you're part of a team or an organization, those basic core principles of you know hard work attitude you know effort all those things they end up coming together so i think that that's some of the stuff that i've been able to teach and with those core values like you call them right the attitude the effort the hard work Mm -hmm. is that something that generally comes naturally to you is that something you had to work on i think that um when it comes to hard work and effort um it always comes down to you know, you gotta you gotta turn inward. Um, for me, I think the best answer is you really just gotta focus on why are you doing that thing. I think when we talk about leadership in general, sometimes it's hard because we have so many different things that we're talking about, right? For me, I, it was soccer. It was, um, you know, it's sales at the moment, um, and and many other things. But yeah, so for me, I think there's two things that in that are the best ways to answer that question. Um, Yes, of course I had to work for it. Why did I do that or how did I develop that? really came down to who I surrounded myself with. I take a lot of pride in um, who I try to surround myself with and that's really had the biggest effect on who I've become in my life, I think, and who, who I've been able to influence. And when you surround yourself with these people, is it generally people who are uplifting you, you're uplifting them, kind of a mix together? Yeah, yeah. Um... I mean, I'm sure you're familiar with the the rule where it's like you're the sum of the five closest people to you. Um, at the end of the day, I've just c- come to find that I need to be the least of those people. So I constantly find myself changing my friend groups. And some people think that's maybe selfish or if it's too fast. But if I'm the sum of their attitudes, if I'm the sum of their... Uh, relationships, if I'm the sum of their financial well-beings. And if I want to grow, I need to be putting myself in that. And so I am a natural consequence of those people. 
And so it naturally helps me become a good leader. So there's a quote that I heard this one time and it's really stuck with me. Good leaders are inspiring and inspired leaders are inspired. And so I know that's kind of like hard to wrap your wrap our heads around. But in other words, um, those the leaders that we look up to the most are the ones that are inspiring us, but we forget to the fact that they are feeding themselves with inspiration, with inspiring people in so many different ways. But anyways, so that's been the biggest thing that's helped me become a leader and helped me um, give back to other people. It's just surrounding myself with good people. Surrounding yourself with good people. Um, I actually did an episode a few months ago on that exact topic. Who you surround yourself is who you become. And that's that's true towards every aspect, your relationships, your family life, your financial stability, your work, right? And Derek's been a great example of that. And another interesting fact about Derek and how he displays leadership towards others and in his own life, because remember, leaders aren't just people who go out and command people to do other things. Leaders lead by example. They actually show the troops, the coworkers, the friends, the family, how they actually go out and do something. So Derek, do you want to run us through a little bit of your morning routine and a little bit about how you show leadership through that? Yeah, yeah, I would love to. So um, exactly what you said. Actually, you know, I might take this back just one step farther. I want to tell you about how I learned the principle that you're talking about. And the principle that you're talking about, I call the 50% rule. This last summer when I was out doing sales, um, I came to learn that the top two-thirds of my organization, the top two-thirds of pr the production of my organization was doing 50% of what I would do. I came to learn that statistic. So oftentimes as a leader, we're trying to push people from behind, just like as if it was a sheep, a group of sheep, and if you're trying to be a sheep herder from behind, you know, if you're on if you're on a horse and you're trying to herd the sheep from behind, the sheep are going to scatter. But if you are a shepherd, you're out there walking in front of them and the sheep will naturally follow. And I found that that's exactly how leadership truly is, and I found that out. So once I recognized I was like, "Well, well, I want the best for my teams. So what do I need to do? I need to show them what's possible and they'll naturally follow." So I actually started to increase uh sale by sale by sale by sale by sale and as I did that if I was doing 40 sales a week my top two-thirds were doing 20 percent um, roughly and as I started to get towards the end of the summer I was doing about 60 sales a week and because of that I got everyone everybody else up to or those top two-thirds up to an average of about 30 sales a week which is a big deal that's a really big deal for a lot of those rookies that are out selling and stuff so that's how I learned that principle so going back to your question, what do I do? Um, I try to master my habits so that I can be the best version of me so that people will follow. So let's go back to my routine now. Um, so I start my day at 3.55 a.m. Wow. You hear that, guys? That is a little bit earlier than most of us. <laughs> <laughs> so I start earlier than anybody that I know. Well, there's a few people that start a little bit earlier, but very few. And then at 3.55, I wake up. I use the restroom. I... Um, get my pre-prepared clothes, I change, um, I immediately slam a pre-workout so that I'm like awake, I'm ready to go. And um, I actually uh, start warming up my car where I set a pre-time thing on my phone so that it can actually warm up my car so that 
everything is as easy as it possibly can be to leave the house. And by 4.10, I'm gone. By 4.10, I'm leaving. I get to the gym at 4.15. Um, I work out until 5.40. I leave um, from the gym at 5.40. I, I get back home at 5.45. I come back and I do about 45 minutes of prep. That's eating, showering, getting ready for the day. Then I start my planning, my goal setting, my prioritizing, and my daily affirmations. And that's from 6 to 7. 7 o'clock. Uh, I do my scripture study from 7 to 7.30. 7.30 to 8, I run uh, my personal development. So I'm reading like leadership books. Um, I'm trying to always one up on that. And then from uh, 8 until 9, I learn about my craft more. And then uh, by 9 o'clock, I, I go crush my goals. I love it. Oh, my gosh. Guys, when most people are waking up at 8, 9 in the morning, Derek's already done. How many things is that? I lost count. Over <laughs> eight at least, right? Yeah, yeah. So there's there's six main things that I focus on, but there's tiny things in between, yeah. Love it. So he is starting his day basically at four in the morning, getting out there and grinding because why? Actually, you explain it. Why do you do that? Okay. Um, it really comes down to the end of the day. If, you know, I get this satisfaction. If you're, if you're talking about the selfish reason, I'm selfish because I want to be happy, right? And it makes me happy when I see that I'm doing my very best and that other people are becoming their very best because of that. I don't know if that's very selfish. That's probably a pretty good thing, but <laughs> continue, continue. So that's basically that's basically it. I, I truly get a satisfaction when I can do my best and that I can also see that others are doing our best. And it's the best when we do it for the same cause. We wanna be the best team. We wanna break records. We wanna be the best and we wanna do it together. And that creates that sense of unity and it's freaking fulfilling. So I need to lead from the front and I need to drive those habits and that's why I do that. So while you're doing this morning routine, how long has it been going on by the way? Um, this, I've, I've done some editing with this, but um, after every summer I, I start this back up. My summer routine is a little bit shorter. Um, yeah, it's just not realistic for me to be waking up at four. I do a shorter version of this. Okay. But yeah, so I do this every uh, eight months of the year. And how many years ago would you say you kind of started this entire process? Is it more of a recent development or has it been going on for a long time now? Yeah, great question. This has been going on since, so I served a, um, a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And that is where I really got deep into habits in the morning and owning the morning. So, I, so I'm 21, almost 22. And so it's been going on since I was 18 years old. Okay. So you got a few years behind your belt now. You got a few different strategies, ways you've recognized that it's hard and whatnot, ways you've been able to accomplish more. And what's kind of, I know you mentioned your biggest drive behind it is like that happiness, mm -hmm. that happiness you want for yourself, that happiness you want to display for others. But in reality, waking up at four o'clock every morning, even habit or not, it's still tough. You still got to go out in the cold. You still got to get in that car. You still got to drive to the gym. You got to get all that planning done, that reading. What keeps you driven to keep doing that every single day? You know, I, I found certain things to be very, very, very powerful when it comes to the morning routine. And one of those things for me, Brandon, happens to be the my night routine. Um, I beg to differ that... Um, a night routine is more important than a morning routine because if I want to own the morning if there's two times that I own during the day that really affect what I can truly control it's the morning and the night and if I want to get up early in the morning I have to own the night 
And so in the nighttime routine that I have, it's very short. It's just 30 minutes. Um, and I have to be bed at a certain time. What is that time, by the way? Uh, I try to get to bed by 9 at latest 10 during the week. But then Friday, Saturday, and Sunday are different times. Gotcha. I, I, I splurge a little bit. I, I stay up till 1. Okay. You got you to gotta have some fun every yeah. once in a while, right? <laughs> So, yep, I try to be home by 8 o'clock, and uh, I call it the um, at-home no-phone rule. Um, so 8 o'clock, turn that off. I get ready, shower. At 8.30, I am in my journal for about 15 minutes, and then I read an inspirational book. It's typically like a church book um, from 8.45 till 9. Pray, and I get to bed. That's amazing. And I love that concept of the preparation behind the morning routine. Because a lot of people, it seems so crazy that somebody could get up that early and accomplish that much. And I feel like, especially because of social media and just people seeing the best of the best of the industries and whatever people want, they immediately see people's successes and think, holy cow, there's no way on earth that I could be waking up that early and going to the gym that early and accomplishing so much before 9 a.m. But what people don't often see is that that night routine, right? That preparation to get you ready for the next day. Right. So where did you kind of learn that concept? Well, I have a coach and a mentor, and he is just an absolute stud. And he actually is one of the people, the few people that I know that gets up before me. What time is that at? He gets up at 3.30. So his name's Kyle, and he's a stud. And uh, one of the things that Kyle's really helped me out with is he's helped me understand that your mentality when you go to bed about how you're going to bed and how you're going to wake up truly is how you're going to bed and sorry is truly is is how you're going to wake up so if i wake up if i'm going to bed knowing okay i'm going to wake up with mass amounts of energy i'll be very enthusiastic Um, i'm getting enough sleep although i'm tired now i will be well rested those kind of ideas and those thoughts as i go to bed literally make all the difference Um, so that helps the sleep schedule and then kind of going back to one of your other questions that you talked about previously as well. Um, I loved what uh, I loved that question. You were like, um, what helps you stay motivated during that? For me, it's that t- self-talk and visualization. It's like, okay, I will get up and I will do all these things. And sometimes when I'm f- not feeling motivated, I need to uh, make sure that I have a buddy who's going to go there with me. Sometimes that's what it takes. So it sounds like over many different years of your life, you've been forming these good habits, these good routines and whatnot. Um, what happens when you form a habit that isn't necessarily the best for you? Is Some can consider it a nasty habit, a habit that you shouldn't be indulging in. The first thing is you can't overcome anything you don't know about. And oftentimes those nasty habits are the things we don't know that are happening. So I'll, a quick plug one of my favorite books about this, and this is actually my favorite book of all time. Um, it's called The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. And I love it because it talks about how those tiny, simple things over time make a big difference. And sometimes we don't know that we're doing that tiny thing. The answer is over time, some people might find out, oh, why am I broke? Or why am I this? Why am I fat? Why am I, you know? And it's like, okay, well, maybe you shouldn't have had you shouldn't be used to drinking a soda every single meal, right? And that's something that you're used to, but you don't understand is a problem. And so how you break those habits, it really comes down to tracking. You have to be aware. The two things I found to be the best at tracking is having a little notepad and making sure you physically physically write down or track a specific thing that you're trying to get rid of. 
um, or become more aware of. Um, number two is for me, um, journaling. Yeah, journaling uh, increases awareness. That's why it's one of the last things I do it today. Okay. And why do you think journaling increases awareness so much? What's kind of some things you write in your journal at the end of the day? Um, why it increases awareness is because it makes you think. If your head's not hurting, you're not doing it right, is what I've been told by one of my mentors. Um, some of the things that I journal about is I journal about what's pertaining to my goals. And if it's if it doesn't really pertain to my goals, it's it's hard to start tracking. It will like one day it could be one thing, another day it could be another thing, Brandon. But for me, for example, if one of my goals is to be able to sell a certain amount, I need to understand. Okay, why was I not able to execute this thing today? And I'll literally role play and write out exactly what a customer said. Well, I said this, and then they said this, and then I said this, and sometimes that will just increase awareness, and I'll come up with an answer by myself. And so that's a really that's a really good way to, uh, to increase awareness when it comes to your goals. I love it. Some personal things I've done with journaling in the past, just kind of kind of going off of what you said. It's it's a reflection period when we're writing in our journals. I mean, hopefully that's going to be it's our private information. We can express how we're truly feeling. We can express our ideas, our thoughts, the negative moments. We can kind of just let it all out on that piece of paper. And so when I've seen journaling effective in my life. It's when I've been going through those rough days, those rough moments where I lose the motivation, I lose the happiness. I feel like that day just kind of kicked me down. But what I can do is express all my thoughts and feelings and whatnot inside of that journal. Have you ever had a day like that? Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely therapeutic. Um, yeah, I think that's, I think you said it, you put it best. I'm, you know, one of the best ways to get some of those feelings out is through journaling as well. And Derek, I just wanted to ask you a couple more questions based upon standards and why it's important. We've talked a lot about having strong habits, strong routines, being that positive leader, but where do standards come into play with all this? Where does it matter if you kind of break some rules or hurt some feelings along the way? How do you keep grounded upon your, your positive and good standards? Dude, I'm so, this is such a good question because in my profession, when we're looking for like salespeople, for example... Um, or anybody, anybody that any leader that's looking for a quality organization, you have to vet people. And so you have to think, you have to understand, okay, what is my limits? What kind of people do I want to have? And uh, some people might say, use the term values, like, okay, values attract certain values or like characteristics, personality traits. Um, like if I'm a happy-go-lucky person and you're, you're a down person, we're not going to vibe. Um, but when it comes to standards, how that affects everything, Tony Robbins says is the best. He says, relationships, the quality of your relationships is the quality of your life. And if I have a standard that's low for my relationships, whether that's a relationship with myself, relationship that I have with food, my personal relationship with food, like if I'm like self-sabotaging myself with food, or if I like splurge too much, right? Those, those are two examples. Um, then uh, in all honesty, then I'll have a poor quality, basically life. And so the relationships that we have are based on the standards that we set for that. So the standards, although it might seem like it's the hard thing, it's the thing that causes the happiness. Because if you can have a best friend and you know that you're gonna have um, you know, the most amazing experiences with them, you're gonna have a quality relationship and you're gonna have a lot of happiness if you guys are very like-minded. But if you're not, 
you're going to run into a lot of issues and it's going to cause pain, heartache, and dishappiness. Like, like you're not going to be happy. So standards have to do with like this whole thing when it comes to habits and everything that you're saying, standards are so important, Brandon. So I've come to learn that a little bit. I'm still trying to learn though. I think we all are. I mean, that's what self-development is all about. It's yeah. about how much we can take in one day and then use it and apply it to the next day. Yeah. Every single day it's a challenge. There's something new that comes up every day, but just little by little. But just to kind of close out, Derek, what are some ways you think people can grow their standards then? Mm, that's a really good question. That's a really good question. Um, how can people grow their standards? Well, if I was to give just what I think, this may or may not be right, I think that one of the best things that you can do is you have to remember what are your goals, one. Two, why are those your goals? Um, three, what does it take to get those goals? And number four is basically are you willing to do that? And your standards, you have to live by a certain standard if you want a certain goal. And so just remind yourself, what are you trying to get? why what does it take to do that and are you willing to do that and that's the standard that you should live by now before we close out today derek is there any last minute advice or attention you want to leave in a specific area that could really impact the audience here today yeah so for me brandon one of the things that over everything we've talked about we've talked a little bit about some of my experiences with leadership and some of uh, the habits that i have and and uh, once again, I, I really appreciate you having me on. I really appreciate this. Um, but one of the things that really, to me, has made one of the biggest differences is in the actual creating of habits. One of the things I just wanted to leave, um, when somebody is trying to either leave a habit or create a new habit, it, it takes a few things. And these really stood out to me when I was thinking about this before I kind of came on. Um, for me, if you guys, if you want to achieve something, first off, you like I said before, you got to know what. You gotta know why you're doing it. You gotta say, okay, what does it take? And then, am I willing to do that? But when you drop a certain bad habit, you have to make sure you're filling it with something good and something that's easier to do. So that's the reason why I'm getting my clothes pre-prepped, right? All that stuff in the morning. Um, the other thing is when it when you want to change, I've understood, I've come to learn, and a lot of these things come from Tony Robbins that I'm talking about. But he talks about how it takes a, an immense amount of energy. It takes immense amount of energy to change a mental state or to change a person. So that's where it comes back to where can you get that energy? Okay, focus back on the why. Make sure that that why is deep. If you want to make big changes as a person, you have to make big changes in why. You have to understand on a deeper level why you do what you do. And then um, the clearer the game plan, the, the more exact your actions will be and the better results you're going to get. So um, once again, that's why I go back to the visualization things and the writing in the journal at night. It's because I'm very clear about how my morning needs to look. And so I've already seen it by the time I wake up. Um, that's one of those things. And then make sure that you're accountable. Those are just like four simple things um, that I was thinking about. Um, for me, I, I actually post a lot of my stuff on um, my story on Instagram and it has nothing to do with that, me doing it for the show. For gain, for followers, for yeah, money. Yeah, it's simply because I know that 300 or 400 people are going to see that, and so I need to be accountable to it. And so 
um, I do that for my personal accountability sometimes. So those are just simple things when it comes to changing goals. But those those four simple things have made immense impacts on my life when it comes to changing or creating a habit. That's awesome. I got you. You made me think of one more little question there. So a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, we were talking about different ways that people can prepare for 2022, you know, prepare for their resolutions, prepare for their goals, figure out what's going to go different this year, what they can do. And a huge thing we talked about was accountability and how somebody can keep themselves accountable. So for you, it's posting it on Instagram and letting people see it and whatnot. Is there any any other ways that you've had people keep you accountable with your goals and with the different strategies you've tried to implement in your life? Yep. So for me, the one thing is I, I have a coach who I literally am accountable to everything for everything. And I check in with him all the time and he sends me three texts a day. So any any production or anything that I've been able to do really at a high level has come to, down to the fact that I know I have to show somebody. Um, for like my lifting goals, um, I you gotta make sure that you, one of the life, one of the little hacks that I have is I make sure I show my ugly stuff this is the reason I have a blog um, for finances. I show my ugly finances, right, to the world. Whenever it's if if it's ugly, like where like if I spent six hundred dollars on shoes, right? That's not sexy. That's not sexy. I'm losing six hundred dollars to something that's not going to make any money and it's just going to be worn a little bit. You know what I'm saying? But that accountability of showing the world will help me be able to um, be better at what I do, and so. When I take a shirtless picture and I'm fat, or if I'm fat, right, that's not sexy. And I know three to four hundred people are going to see that on Instagram. And so, just that openness. Make sure that vulnerability is key. Don't hide the bad things. Make sure that they're clear, because that's where the growth is. I love that concept. A lot of times, especially when it comes to social media and trying to impress people and whatnot, yeah. we try and hide that from ourselves. We yeah. try and hide it from others. But in reality, you're just trying to mask yourself. You're trying to not show your true version. So I like how you you don't have that fear of showing people what it truly is like. Because a lot of times people will see that perfect version. They'll see like, wow, this person made it here. But it's because they don't show the true authentic self. Right. So I appreciate that you do that. Maybe that's something we could all work on a little bit better. Yeah, I need to do it more myself. But yeah, definitely having a board of mentors is a big deal. So um, for me, I have a therapist. For me, I have a technically my upline in my company. I make sure that I turn to him a certain amount of times for certain things a week. I have a coach for like wealth or learning how to handle money. I have, um, uh, you know, certain people in every different area that I can turn to and I'm accountable and they're accountable to me. And if it means paying to play, you know, I pay a lot of money to make sure that they can do that. Not all of us have a ton of money um, to do that. But the, the point is make sure that there's, the people that you want to run into and that you want to be have on that board of mentors, Brandon, I've come to learn are the people that are that when you run into them, they're going to be like, hey, you didn't do it, huh? Or, hey, dude, I didn't see that. The ones who actually keep you accountable. They'll nag you. Yeah. The ones that you don't want to tell things to. Those are the best people <laughs> I've come to learn. So um, make sure that you're very raw, vulnerable, open, because that's where the growth is. Guys, I hope you all listened. I hope you all learned something today. This was such an impactful episode. There's lots of different takeaways from the leadership aspect to the goal setting to the forming of good habits, the daily routines, keeping yourself accountable. Think about all the different things you learned in today's episode and try and pick one or two and apply them into your life today. 
figure out which ones you need to implement most and just grow little by little. Yeah, dude, I just want to say thank you so much for having me on. on. This was awesome. Yeah, thank you so much, Derek. I'm so excited. We'll have to get you back on the podcast here in another few months or so. Is there anything you want to mention about social medias or your blog, anything like that, so people can check you out? Yeah, if you, if, I mean, if anybody wants to follow me on Instagram, I'm there a lot. So um, it's uh, Derek.Childs22. So anyways, I, I appreciate you again, man. Perfect. Thanks so much, Derek. And guys, just remember, it'll all be okay. Just take a step back and keep setting those routines and leadership strategies stronger in your life.